With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Giggity, giggity. Giggity, goo. You hear a lot of millennials griping about how difficult it is to buy a home right now. Yep. But what they don't realize is that real estate's all about finding the right time to buy, which in my instance was 30 years ago. People always ask me, Bill, how'd you time the market so perfectly? And for me, I knew the exact time to buy was when I turned 27, just got married in 1990. I was working at the GM plant at the time, put down 18K on a 90K property, and that is now worth 600K. You know, and so instead of buying avocado toast, I went ahead and looked at the landscape and then was purposely born. 30 years prior to that into a generation that had a much better wealth creation engine. It's about timing your birth as much as it is about timing the market. You might have also noticed the price of college degrees going up at a time when more employers are requiring those college degrees, which is precisely the reason I chose to not be born in that era and carry that debt. But you'll notice a lot of millennials are too lazy to do that and they just end up being born when they're born. That's a huge mistake. Yep. And look, you need to have the discipline to make sure that your generation encourages government policy to drive the prices up to increase your wealth while suppressing the wealth of the next generation. That's another thing I use my market timing abilities to avoid being on the receiving end of. But hey, what do I know? I'm just a guy that made 500k on a single real estate deal. Haven't done it again since. One and done retiring with the perfect record. Yeah, that's the way to do it. I as well am batting a thousand with the one primary residence I purchased. <laughs> This is not headline news. A new chapter of American Horror Story premieres tonight. Kim Kardashian's a fading Hollywood star with a sordid past. But I don't know what she is on the show. Katy Perry sold her music catalog for $225 million. Finally, she can afford to buy bras that fit. In sports, the XFL and USFL are merging. So now you can not watch them both at the same time. A Buffalo Bills fan was found naked and covered in human excrement in a construction hole near the stadium. Or as it's called in that area, a Buffalo tailgate. This is not Headline News. Hoo-ah! Charlotte County Speaks, 
Your chance to let your voice be heard on local, state, and national issues. And now, broadcasting live from a dumpy little warehouse behind a Taco Bell, the host of Charlotte County Speaks, Ken Lovejoy. News Radio 1580 and 100.9 FM, WCCF, this is Charlotte County Speaks. Ken Lovejoy with you on a hump day Wednesday, 9-11 is the time. Phone lines are open at 941-206-1580, toll free, 888-441-1580. You can email us, the address ccspeaks at live.com. And if you miss a show, you can find them all at spreaker.com under WCCF. Today is a very special curmudgeon hump day. We have Dr. Pitts and Ned in the house. Yes, yes, you gentlemen, do. Gentlemen. And uh, uh, as you recall, uh, what is it, a couple of weeks ago, uh, uh, we had a, a, a debate challenge uh, uh, by Dave Kalin and uh, uh, Commissioner Joe Taseo. And this was the day that they were both available on. So today, it's a curmudgeon debate day. The first in the history of the whole, the whole, uh, <laughs> the whole shebang. Bang. And, and that, that's it, not and true. If it worked, if it works out, we'll have a lot more of those. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. Every time you go to a curmudgeon meeting, they're debating. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Um, that's true. I brought uh, Ned Byrne with me. Uh, Ned is a uh, fellow curmudgeon, uh, Wall Street, uh, uh, a retired Wall Street, and has all the, all the, the numbers at his fingertips. So. Oh yeah, sure. It should be. <laughs> well, it's good enough. Believe me. And so, uh, you know, I'm a guest, and, okay. you're, and you're the, the host, so <laughs> knock yourself out. Well, we, uh, there apparently was uh, some contention here and uh, uh, that I find unusual. Uh, Dave, uh, tell us what, uh, you, you found some issues with the budget, uh, and uh, uh, just kind of uh, give us your side well, here. There were no specific issues to the budget. Uh, many people know I was a former commissioner in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, we reduced our, our budgets, our taxation, as well as our pension costs uh, by making policy changes, uh, standing up to the unions and making those changes. So I have a little experience with that. But what really kind of precipitated this was a comment that I made about uh, my uh, fire tax increasing substantially on some properties. Yeah. Now, I think there's some confusion here. Um, I own just about 10 acres in the Charlotte Ranchettes, which I run my farm from, and I have my home on there. And then I lease just about 146 acres throughout the county. Got to keep bees on. Some of them have homes. Some of them are vacant lots. Some of them are agricultural exempted. So when the public hearing notice came out for the fire tax increase, um, I was a little shocked to see my personal residence, which is also partially bona fide as a farm and homesteaded, uh, go from the $203 to 700 $64.13, as well as a vacant lot having a substantial jump. Now, not having access immediately to all the leased lots, because I do pay property taxes or portions of property taxes on a number of those lots, every agreement that I have is a little bit different based on what they're able to provide for either bees or plants. I also have a nursery. Um, with all that, you start to extrapolate numbers. As a businessman, you've got to figure, okay, what's this impact going to be this year? The number was actually much higher than I originally quoted, roughly 15000 I reduced it to the fifteen, saying, hey, we've got to do something about this, only to find out after the public hearing, which, by the way, having it at the, uh, at the Murdoch uh, uh, location was just not the proper venue for the number of people that showed up. Folks were out in the hallway. People were outside. People were standing in the parking lot. 
you couldn't hear anything. There was no closed caption for the longest time. My wife's deaf. There was no closed caption. She could not see what was going on on the screen. There, there was nothing. And uh, so it was a little bit of mayhem out in the hallways. People weren't being heard. I think one gentleman even referenced, gentlemen, this is a public hearing, and the public's outside, and they can't hear you. So having it at the event center was a, was a better venue, only it was a dollar short and a day late because people by that point had already spoke their piece, if they could speak their piece, and only a handful showed up. But after all this happened, initially, um, I also ended up in the hospital in the meantime, uh, some health issues, uh, which is why I didn't respond to Mr. Taseo's emails immediately here, and then ended up having a conversation later. I got my trim notice. Now my trim notice, then I subsequently went into the office and spoke to them. They had the correct numbers for the fire tax that I was going to be receiving, $254 a year, not the $764 for my main property. Well, so, that's good news. Absolutely, absolutely. So what it comes down to is at the end of the day, my total hit for everything, if I choose to continue to lease the properties that I currently lease, is just a hair under $5,000 increase. I can reduce that down. I don't need to keep all those properties on inventory out there for, for bees or for plants. I can bring those back to other properties. I can bring them back to my own properties and uh, reduce that cost. So that at that point becomes my choice to, to reduce that cost. Uh, where I was a little frustrated uh, was just having gotten out of the hospital, not even 30 minutes out of the hospital, when I received a phone call from Commissioner Taseo to talk about this. And I explained to him, look, I literally just got out of the hospital. Let's talk about this another time. We'll go through the budget. Well, you, you said there's bloat in the budget. We'll talk about it another time. I know he shot me an email. I didn't even check that email. I laid in bed for a better part of a week and a half, almost two weeks in bed. And normally my wife will handle my emails when I'm not feeling so well, which doesn't happen too often. Most people know I'm a go, go, go kind of guy. My poor wife was in bed with shingles. She's bedridden for about a week and a half. We had the double whammy in that household. Damn. We did not show up to committee meetings. We were not sh showing up to uh, any of the club meetings. Uh, missed my first REC meeting in the history of me being a member of the REC. That doesn't happen. Um, was, phone was flooding in with calls, whether it be friends, uh, Dr. Pitts, a number of others. I wasn't even answering the phone. I was out. So... To then hear on this radio show that I'm non-responsive, eh, yeah, for good reason, yeah. Him and I had subsequently, before the radio show, had a conversation at the REC, and it was a little contentious, and I blew it off. The radio show is kind of what precipitated this uh, little bit of angst going on, and you know, I respect commissioner to say, I don't know what it's like to be a, a commissioner. You're an elected official. Either people love you or people hate you. There's not a whole lot of middle-of-the-road folks out there anymore. Well, but, uh, but again, what's, what's, what's the issue, though? So that issue was over the, the fire tax issue, and I wanted to have a conversation, and then he brought up the, well, you said there was bloat in the budget. Well, you can start going through the budget line by line, and you start to find a little here, a little there. Uh, last night at the budget hearing, a uh, gentleman got up and made a comment about the cost of the gateways we're putting in in the county. For those that don't know what a gateway is, you get the big sign. Welcome to Charlotte County, mm -hmm. Purple Heart Community. You know, all the niceties, the plants, the palm trees. Well, that stuff costs money. The gentleman spoke to it costing over a million dollars. 
Mr. Taseo made the comment that that's false information. It's only 250000 yet in August, a contract was signed with V&H Construction for the one out here. It's a uh, Kings Highway Pathway and Community Feature signed construction for $944,614.65. That combined with the 200 and some thousand over on 41, the gentleman was not far off in his numbers. And the public can get up and speak. When I was a commissioner in Pennsylvania, the public can get up and speak. They have issues. They're near and dear to them. We're in an economic downturn. I got elected after the 08 collapse. I was the guy who got called in to elected to clean up the mess. And we're heading into a very similar financial time. Only when you start to look at inverted yield curves, this is worse than 1928 heading into the 29 collapse. Yet we're not drawing back. I'm forced to draw back. I'm forced to reduce my outlay because of the cost of inflation, the cost of fuel, food. As we all know, food and fuel are not in the inflationary rate. If they were, people's heads would be spinning and blood would be shooting from their eyes because they'd be so upset with what's going on in our government accountability. Okay, and that's just, I, I, I get this, but what is your issue with Joe Taseo? Because, you know, what I you're mentioning have, here, what you, I don't we've, seen, we've seen what you've said on, oh, you yeah. know, in the commission meetings. They're, oh, yeah. they're out there. But uh, I've read the emails oh, yeah. There's that, more emails. that Joe sent. And the emails that I see is Joe responding to a constituent asking, saying, hey, let's get together and show me where this bloat is mm-hmm. before the budget hearings. And oh, then, yeah. and then your, your illness occurred and you were not available. You didn't respond, no phone calls. And we and had that- a conversation then subsequently at an REC. And it, it became, it spiraled out of control from a budgetary issue because there were emails sent to my campaign um, wanting to know who my whistleblowers are, who's on my election integrity team. And for me, you don't give up your sources. Otherwise, well, you don't you continue know, uh, to get if sources. You're, if you're a citizen journalist, fine, but you're running for supervisor of election. Absolutely. And you're, you're, and you're claiming that the 2022 election in Charlotte County was a disaster. Well, it's kind of incumbent on you yeah. to bring the receipts well, and show exactly what, what you're talking about. And well, instead of just it. waiting until today, why haven't you sent that stuff to the Secretary of State? I have. I was told not to rock the boat. It was also sent to the governor's office. We were told not to rock the boat. Who told you not to rock the boat? Staffer from the <laughs> governor's office. Okay. All right, look, can I get some equal time? Yeah, yeah. Let me take a break. I'm, okay. I'm, we're coming back with Joe Taseo. We'll be right back on News Radio 1580. That's a great radio station. Best in town. We'll be right back with Charlotte County Speaks on News Radio 1580 WCCF. So uh, Disney announces that they're going to be spending $60 billion on its theme parks and cruises, making a major investment there and okay um with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Need to do that. Need to compete with Universal and other places. Um, but what really Disney really needs at this point in time is to revitalize its brand. You, you did a ton 
of damage. You really did. And quite frankly, you've got more damage coming down the pike. Um, your insistence on ridiculous woke programming has turned off ungodly sums of Americans that won't go back to your parks. It's just that simple. You've got a Snow White movie coming out where the lead actress is basically bashing Snow White. Have you guys lost your minds for crying out loud? Revitalize your brand. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. News Radio 1580 and 100.9 FM, WCCF, Charlotte County Speaks. Hump Day Wednesday, 926 is the time. Curmudgeons in the House, along with uh, Supervisor of Elections candidate David Kalin and Commissioner Joe Tasseo. Uh, we had uh, Mr. Kalin with the first segment. Commissioner Tasseo, you're up. Yeah, thank you, Ken. Yeah, so um, how this thing started, we had our a budget hearing in July, and Mr. Kalin came into the chamber and indicated his taxes, I'm sorry, indicated he line-itemed our budget, and it was bloated. He also uh, um, indicated that um, the commissioners are paying a different rate than other people for their taxes. Um, subsequently, he came on the show and also claimed that his taxes were going up 15000 from the fire rate proposal. So I was taking notes, and then I reached out to Mr. Kalin. I called him. I had his personal cell phone. He has mine. We've discussed other issues in the past. And I said, Dave, I've got your comments here. I said, you know, can you tell me how your taxes have gone up that much from this proposal? Because I haven't heard from anybody in the agricultural community. And if taxes were going up that much from the fire fee in the agricultural community, I would have gotten phone calls ringing off the hook. So, um, he told me he wasn't feeling well. We were on the phone for a little bit, and I said, that's fine. We'll follow up later. So this is the email I sent. Mr. Kalin, as we discussed, you were going to send me a fire fee notice on one of your rented properties. I have been unable to find anything that would cause a $17,000 increase to your rent from the proposed fire rate. I made a mistake. It was supposed to be $15,000. I put seventeen. You were also going to send me your line item review of our budget and indicate where we are bloated. I look forward to reviewing these matters. I followed up again and said uh, a week or two later on August 2nd, I said, it has been almost a week. I have not heard back from you regarding my email. Our final budget hearings are quickly approaching, so I'll need that information so I can look into the matter. Regards, Joe Tiseo. On the phone, he said— That's on your yeah, that's county email. County emails, yeah. It's a matter of record. Everything I have here is a matter of public record. Um so as a commissioner, I'm reaching out um, to Mr. Kalin. It's everything that he would want in a commissioner. He said that publicly before, that he, you, know, you should have your commissioner's cell phone. You should be able to talk to your commissioner to work out issues. And I did exactly what he expects from a locally elected official. Came on the show um, to do a, an update, and you would ask me, hey, what's going on with this fire free, uh, a fee? I had a guy named Kalin call in saying it was going up $15,000. And then we started to have a discussion about that, and I told you he never responded. Mr. Kalin called the show and said the reason he didn't respond to the emails was because not because what he just said, that he was sick and all these other excuses. He said he didn't want to respond to the email because he's under no obligation to give me his personal information about who he leases property from, if you remember that. That's why he did not respond. It wasn't because he didn't get my emails. It wasn't because he was sick. He acknowledged he got my emails. 
He just didn't respond because he said it was none of my business. However, that's not what is memorialized in these emails. Um, these are like extemporaneous notes because right after the discussion, soon thereafter, I put, as we discussed, you were going to send me a fire fee notice of one of your rented properties. He agreed to do it. But I think what happened, he realized there was no $15,000 increase. It was a complete fabrication. So he didn't want to send me those because the answer to all of this would be send me all your rented properties and show me where you had a $15,000 increase. Real simple. That would have put an end to the whole thing. I could have examined those fire fee notice, notices to see if they were valid, if it was $15,000. So as a matter of public record, I looked up two pieces of property that Mr. Kalen um, rents. He rents from a Mr. Anthony, Michael Anthony Schloss. And as you can see here, he's got the agricultural classification on that rented property. If you go back to non-ad valorem, classified ag property is exempt from the fire fee. There is no fee there. I found another one of his rented properties. It's um, that's all Mr. Schloss's properties. I would, Glenmar Farms. He disclosed that as that uh, that was a tenant that uh, he was a tenant for that particular property. As you can see here, there's no fire fee. Rate. So if you have an agriculturally classified property and using it for bona fide farming use, you're exempt from the fire fee. If your homestead is on it, your, your homestead is not exempt. In Mr. Kalin's case, um, his homestead has never been exempt. As a matter of fact, um, you're responsible, according to the tax code, to pay for your homestead and the curtilage, which is the property directly surrounding your home. It could be a detached garage, things that are ancillary to your homestead. So last year, Mr. Kalen paid for three units on his property. I guess the appraiser picked up his house and a couple of outstructures. This is last year's taxes. He paid those. This year, um, a tax notice went out for the same three units. However, the uh, state passed a law July 1st that you couldn't charge for those ancillary structures. So now he's only being charged for his house. So actually, Mr. Kalen personally had a net reduction in his fire tax on his homestead. It went down to just one unit, so he saved three or four hundred bucks. So he actually has a net savings. So even if he was renting property agriculturally and it's classified, he's paying nothing. If there is a charge, it's because it doesn't have the classification, and there would be a per unit acre charge. I think it's like fifty-four dollars. So no matter he said he rents a hundred acres, even if I gave him all hundred acres is not classified agriculture, and the fifty-four dollars applied, he's paying a few thousand dollars. But he's been unable to show me the uh, tax bills for those properties so I can see what he paid last year and what he paid this year because those taxes didn't go up to the extent that he's saying. And so I just wanted to make that clear. He hasn't produced any of those documents, and he claimed he wrapped himself in the cloak of privacy. Even though I didn't ask to see the leases, I don't want to know who the terms of his lease or the length. I just asked for the property addresses so I could confirm the tax increase that he claimed. So... I have still been unable to find a $15,000 increase from his rented properties because he's refused to, to produce those things, even though he agreed to in our original phone call, which is memorialized in my email. He just decided not to respond. So, I mean, and also I'd like to say, since you were here during that um, discussion um, at our public hearing, um, Mr. Kalin described um, my actions on the show is blasting him in a matter of public record. His wife came up to speak and said, my uh, uh, comments on the show were vicious and disgusting. I don't know. You were sitting in that seat. I don't know if I would characterize it as that. 
Um, but however, that's how it was characterized. And the reason mm-hmm. I and the reason I bring this up, and Mr. Kalin brought it up earlier, he's a candidate running for supervisor elections. He's put himself out as uh, in the public arena to have his public comments verified. So everything here is a matter of public record. He's running on honesty. He's he's running on transparency is the cornerstone of what he's running on. Yet his actions during this request to resolve his problems, he's wrapped himself in the cloak of secrecy and has been non-responsive. So as a commissioner, I don't know what I could do more than call, make a personal call to say, I hear you. You clearly have some issues. They concern me when I hear a tax increase like that because I couldn't figure out how that happened. And then his line item of the budget, I said, come on in. Let's go over your line item and let me see if I could find something that I can bring back to the budget hearing. And the fact that he said that we're paying a different tax rate than other taxpayers, that somehow the commissioners are getting a break on their taxes, I, under, I, I can't understand any of that. I've lived in the same home. I built my home in 1999, lived in it all these years. I have the same homestead exemptions available to anybody else. The tax appraiser, uh, assessor assesses my property. I pay over $5,000 in taxes on my property. I'm treated the same way any other taxpayer would under the same conditions, yet he's claiming I pay a different tax rate. So when you start saying things like that, you know, as a public candidate running for public office, I mean, at some point, you're responsible for what you say. I mean, you've put yourself out there for public scrutiny. I had to do it when I was a candidate. I was aware that any time I was out in the public and made comments, I was subject to um, scrutiny. That's just the way it is. So he's been unable to produce the uh, documents that I had requested. And I asked him, uh, you know, you don't even have to do it. I'll do it. Just give me the addresses. And he just refused to do so. So I don't know why, but his excuse of being sick and these other things he just told you is not true. Because on the show, he said, I'm not responding because I'm not giving you the information because it's private. So now he's changed his story again. You and I had the conversation at the REC long before this radio show. No, we didn't. It was after the radio show we had the conversation at the REC. I actually referenced your actions in the radio show that happened at the REC. Okay. No, you didn't. Are you seriously going to Oh, yeah. Here? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. On the radio show, yes. But at the REC, it was, it was, an, other, it was an other issue. So I want to stick to this. Then we'll get yep. to that so, so we don't conflate the two issues. So, again, the notice sent to me. Where are the tax the, bills from your commercial properties that I can look at and see the increases? Well, the increases from last year, where are they? So, That's real simple. You can put it to bed right now. For the ones I lease? Yeah, you uh, said you said well, the increase was coming from the ones you lease was $15,000. Just show me the tax bills. And that bills. number was extrapolated because many of those are non-residents of the okay. United States. So I don't ha- did not have all those notices, the hearing notices. So when I'm calculating numbers, I'm basing it on what I'm seeing on what I was mailed. So you received no tax notices from your landlord saying your taxes no. are going up. No. You did it all Nothing. yourself. Based on these numbers, and, and let me tell you, yeah. the bulk of the properties I lease are not agricultural exempted. They are residential lots. $54 res- an acre. So when you go out to the Charlotte Ranchettes, they are taxed. They're, they're zoned agricultural, but they are taxed at vacant residential. It's a, it's a taxation issue. The entirety is zoned agricultural but they're taxed at vacant residential, which means there's fire tax on those ag properties, unless they've become bona fide ag exempted. Yeah, it's so, $54. Yes. So, so, so where are your tax bills? Those numbers in 
short period between the two, not able to get out to all the property owners. This is what I extrapolated. You just have to. You just have to. to. Could you please not interrupt? Because I did not interrupt you. Okay. So then you you get into the different tax rate for you and the others. My personal property that my house is on this year, the assessed value went up twenty eight percent. Another vacant property I have, the assessed value went up 292%. Another vacant farm property, agriculturally exempted, 37%. Another vacant lot, agriculturally exempted, 42%. Another ag-exempted property, 51%. Those are not your normal tax increase rates on vacant property. So you start to ask, your rates didn't go up comparably. I don't have vacant property. My taxes went up, too, as well on my homestead. I'm talking about my homestead. Did your homestead go up 28%? You know what? I paid, I think, 40. I went up 300 bucks, so on maybe 9%. I don't know, whatever it was. But it went up. It's a different amount when nothing – and I'm sitting with $362,000 in hurricane damage, which is a whole other topic that I'd like to get into. Um, So let's focus back on the actual bill. So here's the bottom line, Ken. Mr. Kessel, uh, Mr. Kesselry, <laughs> Mr. Kalen doesn't have anything from the county for his commercial properties demonstrating a $15,000 increase. They're not commercial the, properties. The, his ag properties that he rents, I'm sorry. He has nothing regarding his ag properties. What he just testified to here is that he came up with it himself. He extrapolated himself. He essentially taxed himself $15,000. So it's real simple. He hasn't produced anything. He's holding up some papers. What does that mean? It means nothing. He needs to show me the commercial properties, the agricultural properties that he leases that he claimed went up $15,000. At the uh, bu- public budget hearing we had a few weeks ago, he came in and claimed that they didn't. They went up substantially, maybe not fifteen, but they're still substantial. So he's had time to gather those Tax, it's all, you can go online, give me the addresses, I'll look them up myself. He has been unable to do that. That's the bottom line. He made the number up. Now, once he has the nothing numbers to were back extrapolated from this, I said up to. Now, with that, do you have the, a number, tax has, bill? the number has been reduced, and I have just said that here, the number was reduced, based on the incorrect numbers that were sent by the county to do my rough calculations so what your, my taxes are going to be. So what's your tax? So I have what's no your, need to come back in with all the documentation once everything has been sorted through and you realize that you guys sent the wrong numbers on some of my property and that's where you're basing numbers from and you go, okay, it's now been corrected. It's a much smaller amount. I can live with that amount or I can choose not to continue to lease those properties. My choice to do. I don't need to sit here and continue to go back and forth on personal business items with you. Um, and I've made that very clear. It's a much less number. Had I had the correct numbers from the county, from the mm-hmm. beginning, my conversation would have never been had at your board yeah. for that higher number. Yeah. It's you, based on the numbers you guys sent incorrect. He's produced nothing that shows we sent correct numbers. He's holding up some or papers. Nobody. Numbers. This yeah. is the yeah. hearing notice. Yeah, you think What's he? Yeah, well, well, the hearing yeah, notice. I mean. That's- how am I supposed to look at this? I've been asking for this information for weeks. I can come in here with papers and flash them around and say it's wrong. I have no idea if that's incorrect or not. He has not provided me with any documentation. You just acknowledged yourself that due to the state statute that I'm billed for one unit, 
You guys are billing me for three units. For your homestead, not your rented property. That's your uh, homestead. Correct. But when you're running those numbers and looking at this going, okay, I've got a number of properties that have homes. I pay a portion of the taxes. I'm, I lease their yards. I lease their vacant lots that are attached to their yards or to their homestead. I am getting stuck with part of this bill. And when I have an incorrect amount, it should have been $254, not $764. So if I am calculating my potential risk, I'm going off of the documents you sent me, the county sent me to calculate those on average. Because if you calculate this out, if it was every property, it'd be about $30,000. I never even once referenced to that high amount. So when it comes down to it, right here it is. This is from you, from your yeah. office. So here's here's what he's claiming. He's claiming that his lease properties, agricultural lease properties, his farming activities, went, he, he calculated that himself. He's already admitted he hasn't gotten anything from the county on those specific properties. He's using a homestead notice to his homestead. And he's taking these numbers and he just decided to apply it to all his properties that he leases. That's what he's testifying to right no, now. No, I'm not. I'm saying a number of those properties. Yeah. Are you not listening to yeah. me? Look, you're a, the, the you're a good spin doctor on no, this one. Look, it's, you the, know. the problem is, is that when you reach out to a constituent and ask to come in and provide the documents so you can sit down in a proper um, forum to, to sort through all these things, you're supposed to be responsive, you know, if you have a concern. And 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 he didn't. And he claimed he didn't because he wasn't going to disclose who he rents properties from. He did that on the show. Now he's got a new thing. He's claiming he's got an erroneous document that I can't possibly verify now because he's showing it to me right now. So, I mean, the bottom line is his taxes did not go up $15,000. And until he shows me those um, addresses to the properties he leases – is the only way to determine what they actually went up because they shouldn't have even gone up what he's claiming because many of them, as I just cited, are, are classified ag. There's no fee. There's no fee. And he was paying taxes, fire tax, on those last year. So it should be relatively the same this year. He's claiming the increase cause, the uh, new assessment causes his fee to go up. It should be minimal, if anything. And he's refused to show any of those things, and that would have put this to bed a long time ago. And he said he won't disclose that. So what can I do when you offer help and he won't disclose public documents? I just don't know. The samples I found were ones that he publicly said he had, but he won't give me the other addresses. That would settle the whole matter. Oh, let's let's talk about the one address, Mr. Schloss's property. Yeah. That's actually Prana Farms. Yeah. Um, they have a great distrust for the county, as, uh, as do I with it, which is one of the reasons they didn't want any of their information out there, any of the others that it's I'm public. dealing with. It's public. It is public. Right. But as far as discussing it, so I'm going to discuss some of it because this has been a point of contention with code hearings. Look, let's not get into code compliance right now. We can shift to another because gear. Because this is something you and I have discussed. I know we discussed it. And, and I've it, gotten your emails, and your emails have not resolved the issue. So pardon me for not trusting you a little bit because we're still going through the code hearing process when Charlotte County has repeatedly violated state statute. Yeah. Well, look, that's for the code compliance officers. They're independent from the commission. You have your day in court and your due diligence. I watched your code meeting there, and apparently you have a, a, an RV on a property um, that you're claiming is an office, and I think code compliance picked it up as a residence. So I understand the dispute, and you're entitled to dispute that. And if, and if it is an office used for bona fide agricultural use, you're entitled to an exemption. 
and you're entitled to have that there. And you're going through that process now. It is exempted. Yeah. That's the thing. It is exempted. Well, well, the hearing examiner granted a continuance, and he's going to come back, and and if you're correct, he'll grant that. But that has nothing to do with the board. So I'm just saying what we're talking about here is – It does have something to do with the board because you guys set up a task force to go out and start looking at these properties and going after We don't have a task force. We have code compliance, the same code compliance that you had as the Coomaroo County Commissioner. You voted as a Coomaroo County Commissioner on every ordinance that came before them. You voted for a maintenance ordinance. You voted for a curfew ordinance. Mm -hmm. You voted for putting grass clippings in the road ordinance. You supported a maintenance ordinance. You expanded code compliance in Coomer and directed the city manager to hire more code compliance officers. Yet here, your public statements are completely opposite. You said you'd do away with code compliance here in Charlotte County. No, I did not. Yes, you did. I said I'd reduce it. Okay. Reduce it. You said you'd reduce it. Okay. You've got to take code enforcement and look at the human factor and there are times when they're out of control. I'll give you an example. A gentleman was fined $4,500 for a flat tire. Multiple different vehicles ended up with a flat tire in his driveway, but $4,500 fine from Charlotte County for a flat tire. All right, here's um, Commissioner Kalen candidate. Yeah, the nitpicking. Okay. So, and he went on to say he would get rid of it. No, he and, said I would and, reduce it. And, yeah. So, I'm just saying that they Mr. Need a full K- overhaul. Mr. Kalen's record and his statements publicly are two different things. Um, here, in 2010, he's uh, 2011. He seconded a motion to file liens against properties with maintenance issues passed. As a commissioner candidate, he said, no one should tell you how to maintain your property. He also said, if you were elected, you would get rid of code compliance. He had a motion, he made a motion to adopt an ordinance for fines and liens if you deposit grass clippings in a township road. He passed another ordinance for a curfew for minors from 6 to 10, and on Saturday and Sunday, you got to stay out to 11. I mean, this is... Oh, that was nice. Yeah, that was real nice. So, for a guy who says he'd get rid of code compliance, reduce it, and that government's running your life, his actions as a actual commissioner when he had a chance to stand up to these things. He also said uh, publicly that when his colleagues as commissioner would come up with these crazy ordinances, he'd stand up and fight it and tell them why they shouldn't pass it. Out of the four years of meeting minutes that I've examined, not once did he stand up and shoot down an ordinance. He either was a motion maker or a second on the motion or voted unanimously to approve every single ordinance that came through um, as a commissioner. That's completely opposite from what he said publicly about code compliance. So I don't know how you're able to um, to actually reconcile that, your record with actually what you're saying. So the meeting minutes, those are not audio minutes, are they? Guys, we got to take a break. Yeah. We'll be right back. Today's They're show is minute. brought to you absolutely free. Radio's the only thing that's not hitting you up for money or personal information. It's easy to use, and again, it's totally free. 
You're welcome. We'll be right back with Charlotte County Speaks on News Radio 1580 WCCS. I watched the Discovery Channel. Yes. And you know what I discovered? I need a girlfriend. That's right. Yes, yeah. No, I did. And the more of you watch, the less chance you ever have of meeting a woman. Because it fills your head full of odd facts that come out at any moment like a Tourette syndrome. I'm talking to a girl, I'm like, how you doing? Did you know Hitler was ticklish? Well, mm-hmm, yeah. I don't have a girlfriend, but sometimes I like to pretend I do. I just stand in my apartment screaming, hey, no, 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 that's not what I said, no. Oh, 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 I, no, I didn't say that. Excuse me. Put down the knife. Put it down. Put it easy. Easy. Okay, kids, we're going to start the show again. We're going to continue during the break. News Radio 1580, 100.9 FM, WCCF, 954 here on a hump day Wednesday. Curmudgeons, Dave Kalen, Joe Taseo in-house. Oh, like and uh, uh, where, where were we? I'd like to address the uh, the comments about uh, my, my record and uh, in Coomer Township, dealing with curfews, dealing with grass clippings and roads, as uh, Mr. Taseo has pulled up. Let me look at that and say... How many folks understand what Coomer Township is? Not many people do. It's a very mountainous region. A lot of steep roads, tight turns. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Very hilly area. Very mountainous area. And when you have a huge number of properties dumping grass clippings into the road while they mow, and you've got, whether it be vehicles or motorcycles, we had such an exorbitant number of motorcycle accidents happening in the area due to the grass clippings in the road. It became necessary to try to save some lives and say, look, don't put your grass clippings in the road. That's not where they belong. They belong in your yard. Now, on the break, Mr. was I put my grass clippings out in the road. Well, you know what? If I was a motorcycle rider, I'd probably be pretty upset with you if I wrecked my bike on your grass clippings because grass clippings don't go on the road. And when you talk to that, the very reason you guys would not allow the uh, ranchettes to take material from the side of the road and put it into the road was because the grass clippings. You couldn't have grass in the road. <coughs> so that right there is a duplication of it, only with motorcycles on paved roads, on mountains. Very dangerous. Now, the curfew issue you want to talk about, we had, were coming out of the 08 market collapse. Our area was hit exceptionally hard. We had a secondary issue where they took out our entire business district and put in a highway, Route 222, the whole way through. We lost everything up there as far as economics. We had youth coming out of the city, breaking into homes, cars, stealing signs. We were at that point of how do you deal with the youth coming out of the city, 
doing destructive damage to personal property and government property. Well, your option is to throw every single kid in jail, keep your police force working 24 hours a day, throwing them in jail, or you create an ordinance that says the kids, because it's very specific at the kids that were creating the issue, to stop it. You're going to be out in the street. You better be coming home from work. You better be doing something constructive because if you're just out creating mayhem or you're just out creating a problem, that's an issue. Okay. And you know what? I understand that. I understand that. You have your reasons as an elected official. I understand that as well because at both points, you know, he was a commissioner. I'm a commissioner. There are reasons uh, how you come up with ordinance to solve some type of problem. It's no different in Charlotte County. So I'll give him those reasons. My point is this, is that when we have our ordinances here for our community based on something that may have happened, in Mr. Kalin's opinion, we're overreaching. It's government overreach. So while he has excuses for his ordinances, for some reason, our ordinances, we don't get the same benefit that we're trying to solve a problem. That's the difference. He comes in and says we're infringing on his personal rights, on his property rights. When he had maintenance ordinances, it's okay for him in Kumru, but for us, it's no good. That's my point. I understand. I can, I can give him those arguments. It sounds logical to me. If, if there's breaking in, things like that, and the community accepted those things, well, that's his community. They accepted the curfew. If they accepted his maintenance um, codes, that's fine. Uh, and the grass clippings, if it's specific to his community, that's fine. It was a public hearing. They made the case past the ordinances. I get all that. We don't get the same uh, treatment here in Charlotte County is my point. He rails against code compliance here and doesn't give us uh, the same um, courtesy to say, well, it went through a public hearing. We voted for these things to meet a need of the community. That's my point. I mean, you talk about things that he's done as a commissioner in Kumru County since he's brought that up in, in his run for supervisor election. He said one of his um, uh, brightest moments was to convert the pension plans in Kumru from uh, defined benefit guaranteed pension plans to 401k plans. Interesting, interestingly enough, I checked the record, and I have an audit here from um, Berks County, Pennsylvania, from the from the auditor, uh, general auditor of record, um, and I also checked Coomer uh, records. There is no 401k plan. No, there isn't. Um, there, and he he claims on his website that he converted them to a 401k plan, no, and saved millions. Yeah, you did. It's on your website. 401k style. No, that's they, not what's on your website. 401k style plan. That's not what's they on your website. It, they take it with them. They can move it to another job. Whereas with that state guaranteed pension, you die, you lose it. Your family loses it. All right, we're out of time for this hour. We've got a fake news radio update on the way. We'll be back after that on News Radio 1580. CCF Punta Gorda. News Radio 1580. Charlotte County's only news talk radio station. Serving you around the clock. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.